0: Welcome to EventUp, the place where people enthusiastic about events stay in the know on the latest trends within the events industry. Live, hybrid, and virtual experiences. From virtual events to conferences, award
1: galas, and everything in between. Here's your host, Amanda Ma.
0: Hello, welcome to Event Up, the place to get the latest and greatest in event industry news, ideas, and topics. In this episode, we'll be discussing everything you need to know about marketing your event like a pro. Today, I'm joined by Ashley Klein, co founder of Ice Cream Social. Ashley is a digital marketing consultant and freelance expert with more than 15 years of experience in the digital marketing space. She specializes in building strategic marketing plans mapping strategy, execution, and collaborating to optimize tactics that drive the increased performance for clients primarily in the events and entertainment space. She's also the EVP of client strategy at TicketSocket and vice president of co-founder of Ice Cream Social.
1: We're so excited to have you here today, Ashley. Thank you, Amanda. I'm excited to be here as well. I've been listening to EventUp for quite a while.
0: Oh, we always love a fan. Even better, even better. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about how did you get started in this industry?
1: Sure. So I've always been involved in digital marketing um, and I... Uh, actually moved out to California, I believe you're also in California, so fellow Southern Californians here. Um, Moved here from the Midwest with a company I was working with at the time that did custom software. Um, Over the years, that company evolved and kind of doubled down on the ticketing industry, Um, and so that is the company TicketSocket. And because I've always been um, involved in digital marketing, Um, Eventually, it just became um, a great role for me to support our clients with their marketing for their event strategies to sell more tickets.
0: And for those audience that perhaps may not be familiar with Ice Cream Social yet, can you kind of share a little bit about what it is that your company do?
1: Yeah, definitely. So as I mentioned, Ticket Socket is a company that does white label ticketing. So Customers like Spartan Races, USA Triathlon, all of your fun runs, color runs, they use TicketSocket to sell tickets. And while working with their clients, um, we found a need where they needed strategies to sell more tickets to their event, but they didn't necessarily have a bigger marketing budget. They couldn't just spend more on Facebook ads or they didn't have the internal resources um, to hire People to try out new strategies and new tactics. And so Ice Cream Social was born as an idea to help our clients increase their word-of-mouth marketing for the digital world that we live in today. So essentially what happens is someone purchases a ticket to an event and you get to the confirmation page and you're so excited. You can't wait for the event to come. And events are just more fun when your friends go with you. So we created a mechanism to easily allow them to share the event with their friends by sending them a promo code. And in return, once they get a certain amount of friends to purchase a ticket, we give them a reward. And so um, that really became viral for a lot of our clients where Ice Cream Social was contributing, you know, 50% of their sales um, just by essentially word of mouth marketing, but giving people an easy way to track that online.
0: That's so strategic and so smart because a lot of clients do ask us like, hey, do you guys help with, you know, selling tickets? And we say, no, we're just, we're just full service event management, but yeah. selling tickets is not part of it. So it's really great that there is a widget like this that can help them kind of amplify their reach, right? Because the last thing we want is produce such a great event, but nobody comes or that is
1: not well attended. Exactly. And it just takes those first few customers to really create that wildfire effect for you.
0: And how does one optimize marketing?
1: (laughs) Great question. Uh, So I have a fun fact. I have a love for video games and um, honestly, not video games. I have a love for playing Mario. And <laughs> growing up, I only had one video game. So once you beat it, you beat it. And so I had to basically um, create new games for myself within that game. You know, can I beat this game in less time? Can I collect more coins? And through that, I really birthed this love for optimization and carried it through into my career. And when it comes to your marketing, I essentially like to treat that the same way, um, like a video game. So one thing that first thing that I do when working with a client on their event marketing, um, if they're live, if their marketing's live, we dig in to absolutely everything and see what's working and what's not. And honestly, it's those little tweaks that you can make, whether it's, you know, a Facebook ad and optimizing, um, changing your audience up a little bit or changing the headline or the right imagery um, or A-B testing. Um, One tactic that we find working so well in event marketing right now is SMS. And um, I work with a really cool partner called Attentive. Um, They do SMS marketing. And, you know, one great way that we optimize every text that we send is through A-B testing. And it's so easy how it lets you uh, send two different messages. Typically, we'll control a variable. We'll send, you know, a different image um, within the text, or we'll try a different call to action. And so what Attentive will do is they'll actually send that message to 20% of your list, and then see what performs best over a certain amount of period, maybe a couple hours, and then they will send the top performer um, to the rest of the 80% of the list. Um, so it's just really taking the time and auditing your marketing on a daily basis, which a lot of people don't do. They'll market an event, and when it's over, then they'll see, okay, where did we go wrong? But really, it's that you know fine eye and really looking at it day to day.
0: Yeah. And there's so, with the technology nowadays, there's so many different ways beyond just like word of mouth because there's social media and SMS, like you talked about. Right. And a lot is just getting in front of them again and again because they're like, oh, it keeps coming up. Like that's what I felt um, the color run was because I think I looked it up one time, someone mentioned it to me and it just kept following me. And I'm just now like looking for one that's going to take place in Los Angeles.
1: Yes, yes. They are actually one of our clients. Oh,
0: that's fantastic. Love the color run. And when you're working on the event, what is the first thing about their marketing strategy that you overhaul?
1: Yeah. So one quick win that I love when I'm digging into any customer's marketing strategy is we look at their list. A lot of times events don't have a list. Uh, You know, it's you know, first time event, or maybe they have a previous customer list. So one of the biggest things that I implement into a client strategy is what we call a lead generation in the marketing world, um, or um, like a pre-sale event. And so what that means is a a lot of times a client will go on sale and then they just start running Facebook ads, um, driving people to purchase a ticket. Uh, which is costly, especially these days, the cost to acquire a customer through a Facebook ad um, is very high. And so what we like to do is um, about three weeks before we actually go on sale for an event is I'll put together a lead generation campaign. And essentially that includes Facebook ads, emails, and SMS. And what we'll do is we'll run ads driving to a landing page saying, hey, Get on our VIP list so that you get exclusive pricing or a special perk. Um, First access before we go on sale to the public, whatever it is, depending on the event and what kind of, um, you know, cool perks you can put together. And we ask for their name, email, phone number. And then what we do is they immediately enter a funnel where they start receiving SMS messages and emails, um, typically about three to five. Um, emails, and SMS messages before we go on sale. And all of those emails and SMS messages um, are basically promoting the day we go on sale. Do not forget, we go on sale August 22nd at 8 p.m. You want to be first in line. And we create this like real FOMO around opening night. And then we're also running retargeting ads to everyone who's opted in to the vip list of do not forget uh, we're really just hitting home the mark of opening day and time um this idea actually came with one of my clients we we're talking about a movie if you haven't seen it it's called focus it's with will smith uh great movie <laughs> he's a little bit of a con artist but he has this tactic in there i won't give it away just go watch it it's fun but he has this talk tactic where they're basically using subliminal marketing um, to get someone to answer the way they want them to. So we applied that to our marketing strategy. And then what we found was by us just making a big deal about opening night, it officially becomes a really big deal on opening night where we sell out of certain you know ticket tiers in the first eight minutes or, you know within the first hour, A lot of times our clients are able to generate enough revenue where the hard costs are paid for. You know, if there's a venue fee or um, talent fee, um, depending on the talent, a lot of times at opening night, we can generate enough revenue where everyone can relax a little bit during that sales cycle um, and not sweat it. Uh, And then that overall helps bring down the cost of acquisition when we are on sale for Facebook ads, because we've got a list. And anyone that didn't purchase on opening night, um, we continue to nurture throughout the entire sales cycle. So we call that our focus campaign um, after the movie, so. (laughs) I love it, now I have to go watch it, I haven't seen it. Yeah, you have to, it's fun. Check it out this weekend. That's
0: true, I think with any event you wanna, you know, I think the FOMO is very much real, right? It's like, everybody's going, you're not going or Mm -hmm. what's going, you know, you just, I think that FOMO people are talking about it, right? I think Coachella, they do such a good job with that. Yeah. Definitely FOMO or even Comic-Con, right? Their tickets Mm -hmm. are really fast. And then if, especially if the event is new, like what you were saying, they oftentimes don't have a list and they're starting from scratch. So this is a great strategy, a great tool for someone who are just embarking on their first event that they're selling.
1: Yes, exactly. I mean, we've been able to kind of rinse and repeat this strategy for almost any kind of event. Um, recently, we even did a big music festival that did not, was not allowed to legally announce any of the artists performing yet, just because they had conflicting events and artist contracts. And we were still able to have a solid opening night without even being able to mention any of the artists' names. So it just goes to show as long as you really build that list beforehand, it can help carry that momentum and create a less, um, less stressful sales environment. I mean, anyone in, in events knows that that cycle right before the event can be a little stressful. There's so much to do um, as an event manager, just putting on the operations in an event, let alone have to think about the marketing and sales component of it.
0: Yeah, that's only one variable, yeah. yeah. And then how about in terms of what are the most event marketers going, I guess, what are they doing wrong in their event strategy?
1: Great question. So this actually, uh, I'm gonna give a real life example of something I just saw on Facebook today. So um, there's an event, I'm gonna name the event. I'm not going to name who their partner is. There's an event called Emo Night. Um, I'm an emo girl, grew up loving emo music, punk rock. So there's an event that I follow called Emo Night and they were doing a festival and they were partnering with a company that was going to essentially um, manage all components of the event. And this company's in hot water right now. They're making headlines for essentially not paying any of their employees and having to just shut down all these events because no bills were getting paid. So emo night, terrible situation for them, but they issued a statement saying, we're so sorry to our fans. Um, this company actually process the transaction and every piece of the event so they can't even refund any of their customers money. They can't, they're really like their hands are tied and it's a terrible situation for an event to be in, especially a a brand um, that has loyal fans to have to tell your fans, sorry, and there's not a lot we can do to fix it. Um, Emo Night, great example of PR and how they're fixing it because they're offering... Any kind of perk they possibly can, even offering to buy people tickets to other concerts, just to help make up for the fact they can't refund their customers, and it's out of their control. So the reason I tell you this story is, emo night um, probably experienced this firsthand. Uh, you know, with especially with the changing landscape of events post COVID, the most important thing. To I believe for event directors to keep in mind for longevity of their business is to have control and ownership over their brand, money, and data. So in this case, Emo Night, yes, they've got somewhat control over their brand, but someone else is damaging it. They have no control over the money or control over the data. They don't even know who these customers are. And so um, that's one thing, you know. At, Ticket Socket and Ice Cream Social that we really empower our clients is that you own your branding. Uh, You know, no, no one knows who Ticket Socket or Ice Cream Social is. It's not something we're out there promoting because someone like um, any of our clients, USA Triathlon, for example, when you're buying tickets, it says USA Triathlon. You don't ever see ticket socket. And we um, pair them up with their own merchant processor, So they control all of the money, they can refund customers and they control the data. So the reason that's important is for an event, for any business, your business is your customer list and maintaining that relationship. So it's really important to have access to that, um, to be able to communicate with them and um, kind of mitigate those kind of situations. It, it happens where you have to cancel events. Um, no one, no one is protected from that. There's things like weather and just other things that go wrong. But if you can properly communicate that to your audience and you know, maybe issue refunds or whatever the case may be, um, that's in your control and you can keep the longevity of your business going. And, you know, the the branding really um, long-winded, but yes, uh, (laughs) felt very timely with um, what's going on in the headlines today for events.
0: And that reminds me of the Fry Festival, the greatest party that never happened you know, on Netflix, for those of you that haven't seen it, but it's yeah. so crazy how these kinds of things do happen. It does happen. So yeah. You just need to, but I agree with you, like owning the data and all those information. So you really minimize your risk in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, managing the event and also communication with the attendee. That is always super crucial right? Even just getting them to the event with the right information, let alone if you're trying to cancel and make adjustments.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's that transparency and having that relationship. I had a client recently that was so transparent with their customers, sent an email saying, we're so sorry, but there is just not enough interest in this event for us to keep going we've already issued everyone their refunds Um, we hope to come back next year but that's the case and I think by them doing that and having that transparency and communication when they do go back next year I think they'll have a different outcome for sure
0: definitely because you're really showing authenticity and as well they offer the refund so it's not like walked away with their money.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and when canceling events, being able to communicate like that is important upfront before anyone catches wind. Otherwise it can turn into things like bad reviews on Facebook or Google. And that's not fun to deal with either.
0: Yeah, and honestly with producing events, especially you know, after two years of pandemic, it is a concern because a lot of agencies or organizations are wondering, will people attend? And we're already seeing, they're saying the recovery will take time, right? So the numbers is not where it used to be. So Mm -hmm. then but it's like how many people will show up, right? So with more events and being on tighter budget after surviving the pandemic, where's the best place for them to spend their money on marketing now?
1: Great question. And yes, we're seeing the same trend. There was quite a spike you know, right when things were bouncing back after COVID, but it is kind of a little bit pulled back now where you just don't know what's going to happen and it changes market to market. My suggestion, um, the best way to spend your money goes back to what I mentioned about the focus campaign. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a campaign like that, but spending your money on generating leads Of people who are interested in your event, and the reason I say that is, if you have, let's just use the example for Easy Math, if you've got five thousand dollars to spend to market an event, uh, and you're going to run it on Facebook ads, it's going to cost you, um, you know, maybe one to three dollars depending on how you know um, narrow your event is, what audience you're talking to, but it could cost you one to three dollars for a lead to acquire a customer, it could easily cost you $100 or more, especially if you're a first-time event or a very kind of niche community. And so you can see where that $5,000 can go much further if you're just purchasing, you know, getting people to give you their email and phone number. And then things like email and SMS is a little more nominal in terms of marketing costs compared to Facebook ads, where then you can continue to email them on a very ongoing basis and send them text messages. And that converts really well. And then the money you do want to spend on Facebook ads could just be focused on retargeting. Okay. We are driving all these people to our site via email and SMS um, and hey, maybe ice cream social, some social referral there. now um, the money you spend on Facebook can be spent a little smarter, just focus on retargeting a warm audience, at least hot people who are ready to buy. So I think kind of really doubling down on building that list, um, no matter what the strategy is, doesn't have to be lead gen or pre-sale. It could be um, some sort of like secret offer type thing if you're already on sale.
0: And do you see this kind of sort of strategy best utilized in certain demographic, you know, like the Gen Z, Gen
1: X or baby boomers or all of it? Yeah, great question. Um, So I will say for something like Facebook ads, it reaches, it reaches a broad audience. I have some events that have a much older demographic and Facebook ads still work. However, um, our audience, our events with a, a little bit older demographic tend to do more of the grassroots marketing. Um, and I love that, that. That could be things like um, we do a lot of air shows and air shows um, just attract a little bit older audience. Um, and they'll do a lot of like displays and coupons inside of like grocery stores or um, just things that are a little more tangible and that converts really well. I mean, I'm not... I love digital marketing, but I love the grassroots um, stuff as well. And things like social referral marketing, like what we do with Ice Cream Social, we find, yes, a younger demographic um, uses that a lot, lot more than our older demographic purchasing different event tickets. Um, I always think, yes, social media ads are a great place to start with, no matter the age group. Um, It's. You still got good reach. Um, we're having some success as well with you know TikTok ads and um, you know just Google search display ads as well. Um, but yeah, I think first determining there's two big variables we see in, when I'm putting together an event marketing strategy. One is the location because things really vary market to market. And two is who's the demographic of people purchasing tickets. And that kind of determines, okay, are we going to go more of a guerrilla marketing radio TV, or are we going to double down on digital media?
0: Those are great considerations, right? Just like as when you're planning an event, you want to really cater to your audience as you're building that journey. Same with the marketing. Yes. Every group is so different. Like I remember us creating a virtual event for one of our clients during the pandemic. And then the average age for that one, which is an outlier for our demographic was like 80. Oh, wow. You know, And for a virtual event. So that. we really had to think about, and then we're like, okay, it has to be as simple as possible, as little you know buttons they had to click through as possible because we could totally see them just getting lost and not being able to really fully enjoy the event. Right, so I think it's same thing with something like this, like you really have to go to where your audience is and how best pertain to them and how to engage with them as well. And
1: with Absolutely. the
0: changing landscape right now, like what is the most important for event directors to keep in mind in terms of longevity for their business?
1: Yes, so I think I would go back to that, owning your data at the very minimum, <laughs> um, because that, that can be your lifeline, truly, of um, maintaining your brand reputation and just stabilizing your own sales. That's
0: great, and then you could continue to build your list. Right?
1: Absolutely, yes,
0: Yeah. And I think the data is always really important, and we always ca- kind of caution our clients: like, don't ask, don't collect a bunch of data you won't use, but do collect no. stuff you will. Like, what is your ultimate goal? And then you can really use these data to tell you, you know, the demographics, so you understand, right? And then from there, with the data that you have, you can really curate an experience that matches that
1: group as well. I completely agree. I, if we're at that lead gen stage, get just what you need: name, email, phone number. I like name because you can personalize things, and personalization is important in marketing these days. When it comes to check out of your ticket. Only ask the questions that you need to fulfill their ticket. Um, You know, sometimes we get add on a bunch of things, which is important. Do you want to make a donation? Do you want to buy ticketing insurance? Do you want to, what size t-shirt do you want? Like that becomes a lot of things. So strip it to the minimum. And then you can always do post communication after they purchase their ticket for things that you want to know, but maybe aren't vital Uh, a lot of you know surveys and that sort of thing where you can offer an incentive for people to give you that feedback so that you can kind of look more closely at some other things
0: I think that's really good advice because it's true there's some of those questionnaires so long you're like when do I get to check out
1: yeah yeah (laughs) you're gonna lose them so (laughs) you want to make it as simple as possible That's great. Thank you so much.
0: And, you know, Ashley, I've I've been following kind of your journey in terms of your career. So you obviously have wealth of knowledge and you've been in this industry for a long time. What would you say is that one thing that really helped propel your success tremendously?
1: Oh, I'm going to say video games. Sorry. I'm going to now that I'm an adult, you'll see. I know we're not on video, but for Amanda here in the background, I've got my um, my vr my oculus going so you know even uh i do a daily meditation called uh the app is called trip but it's even got a little game where you use your eye movements to just focus your day um i just i enjoy i like i love marketing because to me it's always changing there's always something that can be done better and kind of that drive of always improving uh is, is important to me. So even if we have a super successful launch, I love to analyze it and see what went well and where can we approve for our next launch. And same, if we ever have a launch that totally flops, what went wrong and how can we make sure that never happens again?
0: That's always really good to kind of at the end to kind of debrief and review the information for better success for future as well this has been really awesome. I have, you know, some of my favorite takeaway from what Ashley shared today is just, you know, marketing, there's so many, comes in so many forms, right? With this ice cream social platform, it's just, it's another tool for the audience here today as you're thinking about marketing your event to leverage something like this, you know, in addition to digital copy and SMS and all the other, but the one thing that really stood out to me is the, her focus strategy, but also like creating that FOMO. That is truly real because we do have some events where people are just calling and emailing, like, how do I get on the list? We're like you, we can add you to the wait list, but the wait list is 400 people. Yeah. And they say, how likely am I going to be able to go? And we're like, not likely because you're at 400. <laughs> right? I usually like probably 50 out of that list will get to go. Yeah. Uh, so just something to think about. And also really just, you know, best, how do you best leverage the marketing budget as you're thinking in terms of like your Facebook ads or other ways to promote the event or using a tool like this? I think what's great about this is I just loving having different speakers come and have different tools that help benefit this community, right? We're all just trying to make the event better. And this, I see it as that because then when we produce a great event, we want to make sure a lot of people attend And last but not least is just making sure, you know, we stay current with what's happening out there and making sure we're truly targeting the audience that we want to capture, you know, and this is a great one for a lot of different types of events. So I'm very excited to, you know, hopefully if you guys are using it, make sure you let me know how how you like it and let Ashley know as well. I think it's really great that you know, we continue to find additional new tools that can
1: help us do events better. Definitely. I really appreciate your time. And I think if I could give one parting tip, it would be to any people putting on events out there. If you connect your marketing person with the person running operations, actually doing the event and all the little details, I appreciate that when I can just have a one-hour call with them because I learned so many little details that go into the event that we can leverage in marketing that really supports in selling more tickets that maybe um, the event owner isn't necessarily thinking of it could be little things like a, a little food truck that they don't realize has a huge following that could be leveraged and so um, I think making sure all team members are connected and can have a conversation it um, goes a long way
0: that's a great tip thank you Ashley and what is the best way for the audience to get in touch with you
1: yes you can visit my website ashleynkline.com And on there, I've got lots of marketing materials and you can learn more about ice cream, social and event marketing. Thank you so
0: much, Ashley. Thank you for joining us today. And for those of you that are tuning in, if you're looking to level up your event experiences, we are your solution. And we just thank you again, Ashley, for taking the time and be with us today and sharing all your pro tips when it comes to event marketing.
1: Yes, thank you, Amanda. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening. Tune in next time on Event Up.